Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and we're going to be talking about Trump 2024 in this episode. It's off to a, uh, quite the fumbling, bumbling start, ain't it? From NFT shilling to, by the way, that sold. In less than 24 hours, we sold all the NFTs for $100 a piece. Okay. But that's the thing. This man has a consistent track record of slipping on banana peels and doing perfect backflips. Now, maybe he does do a backflip occasionally on purpose. It's a metaphor. Don't get over your skis on it. Now, on one hand, you have him coming out and announcing, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to plan Schedule F, announce this, fire 50,000 government employees. I want to. You know, I want to downsize the FBI. I want to work towards minimalizing and working towards uh, closing up of of of, uh, of the Federal Reserve. Like he said, he has said some weirdly base shit. Now Trump is somebody in 2016 who said a lot of base shit. In 2016, I didn't vote though. I uh, I was just kind of a self-employed volunteer for the John McAfee campaign at that point. But 2020 Trump, I threw my hat behind him because there's a lot of policy I saw that I like I mainly the Abraham Accords. The Abraham Accords is what sealed my vote. Actual peace in the Middle East? All right, I'll throw my hat behind that one because ultimately, my main goal is as a little civilian loss of life as possible. And if I have to throw my hat behind one or the other and I actually see results coming off it because the peace deals were already getting signed, already in the works. And I was like, all right, this is a, this looks like a sealed deal. Biden gets in, cabal falls, peace deals are no longer there, they're shredded up, Abraham Accords dies in the water. Damn. Damn. So, while this orange tangerine buffoon who stabbed, quite frankly, a ton of his voters right squarely in the back, I'm going to bash him, but I'm not going to say there and act like there's not things that he did that, that, you know, he should be given a pat on the back for. Donald Trump is someone who's been needlessly gutted in the media, unfairly, and the things that he should be grilled for, no one want to talk about. For example, the Yemen raids, right? He has the opportunity... He's sitting at the desk. He has the ability to end Bush's and Obama's bullshit war in Yemen. And instead, he signs more drones, more deaths, commando raids. And like that, the war in Yemen persists. It's disgusting. So, I mean, credit where credit's due. And here's the thing about that, right? He can use the war in Yemen. Fox News and CNN go, yay, good guy, he did it, wow, we're all so happy. So the things he should have gotten like completely denounced on, he got congratulated on. And the things he should have gotten congratulated on, he got fucking beaten down on. It drove me up a fucking tree. People were like, well, oh, well, Trump's the greatest. And I'm like, nah, he said he was a constitutional candidate, and you know, you got bump stocks, bull pups, different build kits, being pro-confiscation before due process, uh, being pro-red flag laws, being pro-stealth confiscations, the list of Trump's aggressions against the Second Amendment just fucking go on all goddamn day. And, you know, I'm a fan of Sticks Hexenhammer, but homie... You're off the mark on that one. Maybe I'm missing something. Correct me in the comments below, but Trump was probably one of the most violent anti-Second Amendment Republican presidents we have ever had. At least, like, overtly 
anti-Second Amendment. And then you turn around and be like, and they're coming for your guns. They're going to take your guns, folks. They're going to take them away from you. Uh, you better stop these Democrats. And it's like, motherfucker, I can't get, I can't get an R9 build kit because of you. Fuck you. And by the way, the Russian ammunition ban that Biden signed, that was a continuation of something Trump already had in the works. But Trump is hard on the Second Amendment. It goes away and gets like Trump. And by the way, Supreme, uh, different courts working their way up to the Supreme Court have overturned pretty much every gun infringement, every firearm infringement, Second Amendment fucking trampling that Trump did has pretty much been thrown out the window by the courts. But, but, pardon me, I got a cough. I don't care that the courts threw him out. The courts had to do something about Trump's fuck up. Trump did the fuck up. There is no if and two ways or but about. And by the way, here's something else I want to throw out there. A little thought for you. If somehow Trump managed to win the 2020 elections, you know what you would hear about? You would hear about the, uh, the, <laughs> uh, you would hear about vaccine side effects. It would be plastered everywhere. That COVID death counter would turn into a jab death counter on CNN. Still probably be a random number generator, but still, that would not be a suppressed storyline. Because remember, Big Pharma and everything were the enemies of the left. The left were against Big Pharma and Big Tech back in the day. And now they're like resolutely for it. And I'm not saying every single one of you. Because I, I see my algorithm. I know people on the left listen to this show occasionally. I have a small audience. You know, I appreciate you guys being recurrent audiences. I assume you disagree with me. I wish you'd interact with me more in the comments. I want to have the conversation. But there is this large, overwhelming shift where the right's like, well, I'm against big tech. I'm against this. And there, yeah, there's, there, there's policies that the right doesn't quite have figured out on that one. Absolutely. Agreed. The, again, on the tech front, the libertarians kind of got it down packed. Dave Smith has a video about what should be done about big tech. And it's a phenomenal video, though it's still not as based as Ron Paul's takes on big tech. And they're absolutely right. Break it down the way we dealt with monopolies in the past and then allow it to continue. Get the government out of it and keep the government's involvement out. The idea is to work slowly towards a minimalist, uh, minarchist slash no government system. That's the end goal of it. However, you get people like this tangerine here who will say a lot of really good shit. But of that good shit, like of all, like he made a lot of promises, promises made and promises kept is a real website. It's a, it's a real thing. There's a lot of things he said he would do that he did. There's also a lot of things he said he wouldn't do that he did. That's the problem with it. Now that I've kind of gotten this little rant with no coherency out of the way for almost seven minutes. Fucking hell, no one stopped me. Oh, that's right. I'm in, I'm in a little bedroom studio by myself. Let's get on to this, shall we? Now, post uh, the insurrection that didn't happen, the Capitol Hill riot... Following that, on January 6, 2021, 2020, sorry, January 6, 2020, I don't know how I almost said 2021, following the riot of the Capitol building, Trump was banned across all social media platforms, well, mainline tech, um, missing link and alt tech sites allowed him to stay, of course, Rumble, all these other sites were like, yeah, come, come here. Quite frankly, it's Trump's fault that he got banned so many platforms because he didn't go to all tech sooner because he had his mannequin son-in-law, Jared Kushner, Pompeo and Pence telling him, don't, don't use these other sites. These other sites are weird. Don't use them. Don't use them. And then the audience just wasn't there when Trump got kicked off. Oofs. Oofs. But 
he's slowly being reinstated to everywhere. And with Facebook being a massive monopoly itself, and I I will say that they are absolutely a monopoly. Look at their practices. All the competition is not only not only is all the competition being bought out, they're able to manipulate the value of their competitors by manipulating their own value. Absolute monopolistic control. But the silver line to that is, and I say this with the fucking tongue firmly in my cheek, I say this, it's a good thing because he's been reinstated back. It's not a good thing. I'm just saying that's the only one silver line here. If is if you're a Trump supporter, he's now going to be back across the platform on any side that face that Twitter or uh, sorry Facebook owns or Zuckerberg owns. You're going to see these policies and stated unilaterally across all these platforms as he like works his way towards getting his hands on. I think he already owns Snapchat. The Snapchat's owned by Facebook, I believe, actually, or Meta. But let's continue. Meta to restore Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts. Trump had an Instagram account. I didn't even know that. Meta's platform, Meta Platforms Incorporated, didn't realize that was the name of it, or Meta.io, said on Wednesday it will restore former U.S. President Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram account in the coming weeks following a two-year suspension after the deadly January 6th Hill, uh, Capitol Hill riot. Yep, one, uh, actually, yeah, wait, what was it? Uh, all Trump supporters died? Oof. Uh, oh no. So deadly. Though I will say, I, I do find it humorous. They're going to say it's deadly because some cop died of a unrelated heart attack a couple days later. Right, right. Maybe a Trump supporter said the gamer word, bro. He said nig word really loud in the Capitol building, and it hurt somebody's fifis. Or is it because they, uh... You know, I think the ultimate problem is Nancy is uh, AOC just won't date any of them. That's the real problem here. Now we're gonna scroll down here, as you can see. Go to the left. The latest factu- the latest high factuality article is from So Today, from six hours ago. We'll go over here to the right. Latest high factuality article all the way down here at the Die Priests. Six hours ago, that is a great name for a band, Die Priests. Ooh. So we go over here to the center. You got the Irish Times, high factuality, three hours ago, center bias. It is the latest article in the center of the high factuality, and that's how I came to the conclusion to read this article in this episode. So let's get cracking. This should never happen again. Donald Trump responds to Facebook overturning his ban. Former U.S. President... Did he even know he had Instagram? Former U.S. President was suspended on the platform the day after the deadly 2021 Capitol... There was no insurrection, but let's move on. January 6, 2023, at 6.34. Meta has said it will allow Donald Trump back on Facebook and Instagram following a two-year ban from the platform over his year online behavior. Sorry, over his online behavior during the January 6th. Okay, let's address this real quick. You know, let's get to this article, and then we'll address how there was never an insurrection to begin with. And if there was, it was a fedsurrection. Love that term. There should be a band name. There's a lot of cool band names lately. Okay. Your ban from the platform over his online behavior during the January 6th insurrection. Meta will allow Mr. Trump, that's former president to you, bitch, how is this considered? This is very clearly a left article, bro. Right? Like, like this is factually a left article. How the f- 
fuck did the Irish Times get a get a center rating? Again, the Washington Post, the WAPO is a center bias on ground news. I don't use ground news to just show that I'm picking articles that are, you know, considered factual outside of my preferences, but god damn, dude. And the other one's owned by Bill Gates. So I'm just not using fucking NewsGuard, period. And I believe NewsGuard and Ground News use similar processes. It's just, my God. Meta will allow Mr. Trump to return in coming weeks. But, quote, with new, uh, new guardrails in place to deter repeat offenses, Meta's president of global affairs, Nick Clegg, wrote in a blog post. Uh, man, people still do blogs? Okay, I thought I just did newsletters these days. I thought that was the trendy thing. Explain the decision, quote, Like any other Facebook or Instagram user, Mr. Trump is subject to our community standards. Mr. Craig Clegg wrote, Quote, In the event that Mr. Trump posts further violating content, the content will be removed and he will be suspended for between one month and two years. Who else has this guideline on them? Hold up. Hold up. Has anyone else just casually gotten a two-year ban on Facebook? Who is serving a two... If you're serving a two-year Facebook jail sentence, bro, let me know in the comments below. What the fuck? Where in the... I mean, they had had to have changed and edited the policy to make it so Trump can be in there. That's actually one of the rules now, and it's a guideline that anyone's in there. Because it sounds like they're creating special guardrails just for Trump, which... Sounds a little predatory. These are policies and guidelines that wouldn't be on uh, someone we can confirm went to Little St. James Island, like, I don't know, the current president. Someone who doesn't have a lot of incriminating evidence uh, in porn-related and drug-related nefarious criminal activities related to them and their son's laptop. But Joe Biden Facebook doesn't seem to have any of these, does it? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dumb to conclusions here, but... I just I have a strong feeling that the Joe Biden Facebook and any platform Joe Biden's on through Meta doesn't have the same guardrails as uh meta would call them but that's insane between one month and two years between one set of 30 days or 24 sets of uh, of 30 days are you fucking serious all right you know you you know you got the biggest dick in the room and they break the rules for you uh, let's see the content. Uh, quote: In the event that Mr. Trump posts further violating content, the content will be removed, and he will be suspended for between one month and two years, depending on the severity of the violation. Mr. Trump was removed from Meta's platform following the Capitol riots. Well, you say riots here on January sixth, twenty twenty-one. Well, you know what the difference is, right? A insurrection is a plan to usurp, overthrow, and take over a government that's organized and well, like, like well ran and organized and pre. The main thing is it's pre planned. A riot is sporadic and of the sudden moment. That's why people call Antifa insurrectionists. That's why some Antifa will call themselves insurrectionists, though, like any of these factions, for people who don't know, it doesn't matter if you're. Proud Boy, Boogaloo, Antifa. If you're fed, you're all fed. Uh, fed front is fed front. Now, you have your little sub-factions and your groups within these groups that don't get along with each other and have different plans and different intentions, different thought processes. But that's more of a nebulous fucking string of ultimately probably a bunch of feds anyway. Completely off top. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. But riots are just spurious. They just happen. 
So you can't just flow between riots and insurrection. It was a riot. Countless hours of federal investigations have really, and I don't trust the Fed. But even the federal government is saying, yeah, there was no insurrection on us. We couldn't find any pre Well, they found, like, of a couple thousand, of, like, a thousand phones data they got that day. They found, like, one or two people that had pre-planned, had talked about going into the Capitol building that day. But it wasn't sure in which the context they were talking about because the context in which they were texting about it were not violent. I can pull these articles up after we get through this one. Because I've done it a million times. I'm only going to go through the two basic arguments. I'm not going to do a full debunk. There's a video somewhere on this channel, on my Rumble, and on my other podcast platforms where I already do a full deep dive, debunk of the whole day. Uh, but we'll go on, shall we? Let's see. Mr. Trump was removed from meta platforms following the Capitol rise on January 6, 2021, during which he posted ump's unsubstantiated claims that the election had been stolen praised increasingly violent protesters and condemned former Vice President Mike Pence even as mobs threatened his life. Show the receipts. Show the fucking receipts. All right. Sure, you want to make the same claims about 2020 being a, being a, a specifically honked election. Fair. But where were these policies and rules when Hillary Clinton and her supporters did the exact same shit but when about, but when about, I don't care if the whataboutism argument pisses you off. It's a fair argument. If you're going to enforce it on one side, why are you not enforcing it on the other side? If both sides are committing the same crime, why are they not both being punished the exact same way? Furthermore, find me where he was posting shit about Pence. As far as I know, there was one video that went up that day from Trump. Or two. One was him saying, go home with peace and love in your hearts. And the second one being a video where he literally condemns what happened. They even released a blooper reel where he like smacks the podium. We'll watch the blooper reel together. Now, I don't care if the blooper reel shows that it was a setup, that that it was like a pre-planned, orchestrated conversation and, and, and read. I don't give a fuck. There was an announcement made. You're saying there was no announcement made. There was one. Now, the integrity behind that announcement, that's not what the call to question is currently. If you want to have that, then I'll probably side with you that. I don't think he genuinely meant any of the shit he said that day. Uh, if you watch Barricade Garage, he's got a great video on this topic, too. And he doesn't usually do this kind of stuff. Let's see. And he called uh, he called Mike Pence a pussy. Who He said Mike Pence would go down in history as a pussy, but that was only from, like, alleged people familiar with the, with the source claim. Ted, there was no actual, like, in-ground facts behind that, that claim. And I wish there was, because that would be fucking hilarious. But show me the receipts uh, uh, of these uh, these interactions he had on- online where he was like, lol, hashtag, get Pence, lol, tweeting out links to Mike Pence's Nat, or uh, Eminem's Nat song. You know the line I'm referencing there. Let's continue. Mr. Clegg said the suspension was, quote, an extraordinary decision taken in extraordinary circumstances and that Meta has weighed, quote, whether there remains such extraordinary circumstances that extending the suspension beyond the original two-year period is justified. Ultimately, the company has decided that its platform should be available for, quote, open, public, and democratic debate. With the heaviest of censorship, of course. 
and that users, quote, should be able to hear from a former president of the United States and a declared candidate for that office again, he wrote. Mr. Trump, in a post on his own social media network, condemned Facebook's decision to, uh, to suspend his account as he praised his own site. True social. Quote, Facebook, well, of course he praised his own site. Swite. Site. Quote, Facebook, which has lost billions and billions of dollars in value since deplatforming your favorite president, perhaps since leaking, perhaps. If you're a Razor Fist fan, definitely since leaking, definitely better than leaking if you're a Razor Fist fan. Uh, me, me, has just announced that they are reinstating my account. Such a thing should never happen again to a sitting president or anybody else who is not deserving of retribution. See, that's the thing. I don't like when politicians should say this should, should only, shouldn't happen to people who don't deserve this to happen to them. Which means there's a context you think this deserves to happen to people. And I just, I need to know. I'm, I agree there are contexts where this needs to happen to people, but I want to know when you're setting policies what your, what your guidelines are for that. You know what I mean? Because my, my fucking stance has been pretty... Uh, exploitation of children, anything that is harming or ex- exploitative of uh, of an unwitting participant, pretty much if both parties are not consenting, outside of like journalistic integrity and whatnot. But that's why you got to have like a tribunal or something. You you, you got if you're gonna have a, a site, you have to have like a a rules and moderation. And even then, I I don't think an outright suspension. Now, if you're posting things that are child exploitation, you are absolute. Not only are are you banned, you're reported and flagged, and your IP is fucking bookended. Like you are IP persona non grata. Um, doxing, doxing is another thing that because there's no context in which doxing isn't a call to to action. It's oh, well, somebody rid me of this priest. Uh, there's somebody I just argued with on, on Twitter about this because they were like, uh, we were actually making a joke about Razorface because he was like, oh, Razorface said that uh, Lincoln deserved to get shot. I'm like, he didn't say that. And he was like, well, he 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 implied. I'm like, where? Um, in this whole argument, now I'm kind of here like in a fucking less transcendental way saying a similar thing but there is no context in which you post somebody's private information online without ill intent or unless you're making a profit off of it either or that's why everybody lost that's why I don't you read Washington Post articles I don't care if they're high, if they're considered high factuality in the most recent article I will overlook them because they dox people because of what they did with Taylor uh, because of what Taylor Lorenz does and the fact that Taylor Lorenz continues to work there I'm not going to use their site. I know who they employ. I don't know how they maintain the rating they do. I just won't use them. Let's see, you're saying my accounts, such as other social media companies. Do, 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 do. But yeah, exploitation of minors and doxing. Those are my two things that I think should get people IP banned off social media, off sites. Uh, I'm not a fan. You, you know, I'm not. I'm, it's one of those things, right? Where it's like. I'm not a fan of unilateral punishment, but when it comes to these two things, you need to act precise, you need to act swiftly, and deal with it. Chop it off at the fucking pass. Because you can't have... Anything that violates the NAP, I I, I guess. I had to think about it for me, because I I was thinking earlier, like, yeah, but what about, like, you know, journalists? What what about people doing press where there's like, you know, one side's like, I don't want to be filmed, I don't want to be filmed, don't film me, don't film me. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, uh, Mr. fucking, uh, Hunter Biden, why why, why is it on your laptop? Don't film me, don't film me. You know, that video still needs to go up. You know, I I, I get it. 
But let's wrap this article up, shall we? I'm getting off. I'm getting off into a whole ass tangent. Uh, Facebook billionaires. Uh, he wrote. Other social media companies had also kicked Mr. Trump off their platform, though he was recently reinstated on Twitter after Elon Musk recently. That was like early November. Took over the company. He has not tweeted. He's actually supposedly getting his, his, his first tweet together. He should be. He should just tweet, guess who's back? Let that sink in with a sink emoji. That should be all his tweet says. But no, he's, he's supposedly planning his big comeback. Then Devin Nunes is saying, actually, no, he's going to stay on truth, which is, all right, shoot yourself in the foot even further. Banned from mainstream social media, Mr. Trump has been relying on Truth Social, which he launched after being blocked from Twitter agencies. It's just credited to agencies. Now, real quick. If Trump is seriously going to try and win the presidency in 2024, if that's even a thing he can do, you have he has to be on fucking truth. He has to be on Twitter. He has to be on these other platforms and these other sites. Not enough people are on truth. Not enough people use it. I use truth. Uh, but I use all these platforms. I also have like a Mastodon and a Minds and a and a, and a neighborhood and a parlor. I have accounts on pretty much every social media platform. I use truth, but you know, pick your echo chamber, I guess. That's really what it comes down to. Twitter is the only place where there's actually like really dueling counter opinions. Usually when I go into a, a like if I go into a, a a place like Gab, right? Gab is like very Christian, uh, very Christian nationalist. That's not like the in- intent of the platform, but that's what the that's you know the people who moved into that space happen to be, you know, Torba, is it Torba? Is that the guy who runs uh Runs Gab. He always, uh, ah, damn. Usually he's like the first one that comes up. But, whatever. You know, I'm on all these platforms. This site right here, I tend to sound, I tend to be called a leftist, uh, a vaccinated liberal. A ton. A ton. Because I'm not a Christian nationalist. I'm not like a, a staunch, hardcore Christian conservative. I'm just not. It's not, it's not my uh, cup of tea. I go on True Social. Uh, similar. Similar thing. I was trying to find it. All I could find it. Oh, and this right here. You can ignore this. Uh, there was a rumor going around. That's all it was. Was that Trump released a VP list. Though there is one more story I do want to hop into real quick. This is one of the many issues he's having in his 2024. Not only is he not using social media platforms that he needs to be on. And again, Twitter's the only place where there's really people on the left, right, far left, far right, actively bashing heads in comment sections. You can't... uh, Twitter wasn't an echo chamber. That echo chamber, I think, is firmly shattered. However, Trump is almost complete in his metamorphosis into a complete, pure, thoroughbred politician. Because he is surrounding himself... In establishment swamp monsters. Left, right, and center. Like, really? Lindsey fucking Graham? There are a lot of talks about Trump having Lindsey Graham in his cabinet. Oh my god. Oh my god. Too many people on the right. And this is one of the reasons why I just could never consider myself a Republican. I'm just not gullible. Sure, I am currently sitting in my you know local area as an elected member to the GOP, but I've been very open about being very Rothbardian and 
anarcho-capitalist in my beliefs. And they've been quite warm and receptive. Uh, I should be quite fair. When I was actually when I was going door to door, getting uh, people's, you know, talking to people and trying to get uh, people to vote for me, I just told them like outright, like actually no, I'm a you know I'm a vaguely right leaning anarchist. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, 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 you know. Oh yeah, no, build that wall totally. If uh, you know if there's a private contractor and the people who own that land want want to do it, yeah, fuck yeah, do it. Absolutely, we need borders, and you know what? Borders can be privately protected. Also, defund the police. And they're like, wait, what the fuck the fuck? And I got a solid argument for defunding police. Here, this is your, let me give you the right-leaning ACAB argument, shall I? I like that you have this one. And it tends to be a winning argument with people on the right. So if you're a lefty and you're listening to this and you want a fucking red pill or whatever the fuck, you know, your loved ones on the police and get them to come around to defunding the police, I got you, baby. Watch this. All right, so from 2017... Through 2019, you had what was eventually called the the Great Resignation, and that was cops just quitting. Uh, you had a lot of these cities where there were people were like a cab, burned down police stations, and riding. These cops were like I'm just quitting. I'm out. I'm out. These cities were defunding their police, cutting funding. Cops are getting laid off. Cops are quitting. Right. That's the first wave. Now those cops are sort of irrelevant. Those are just the first ones to, to leave. And then you get into the pandemic. Right. You get into the pandemic. Then you have what's called the blue flu. You had riots. People going out burning cities and the cops were told to protect people on one side of the aisle and not the other side of the aisle. And these cops said, I'm not going to do that. And they quit. Those were the principled moral cops. The few that existed. They quit because they said, you can't ask me to unilaterally enforce a policy on one side of the taxpayer and not on the other side. I'm just not confident, comfortable with doing that. I don't support these lockdowns, whatever the case may be, but I'm just not doing it. And they quit. Right? And now all, all that's left are bootlickers and cops are like, doesn't affect me. I'm part of the machine. I don't care. And then the vaccine mandate came, right, in 2022? Late 21 or 22? 22. The vaccine mandate comes in 2022. And all these cops start quitting. Because it's like, oh, now these policies directly affect me, and that's a problem. So I quit. So now all the cops that wouldn't, that quit on principle are gone. And all the cops that would uphold the policy as long as the policy didn't affect them are gone. All you have left are obedient, boot sucking lapdogs. You, all you have left now are Uvalde police officers. And Uvalde is some tiny ass, tiny for Texas, backwaters ass town. It, backwaters a little mean, but tiny town. N- insignificant, not special in any way, part of Texas. How many other irrelevant little quiet pieces of America that never get talked about in the media or in the press have Uvalde police stations in there? And I don't mean like Uvalde itself. I mean police with that mentality. We have police who were in the hallways that day while people were being shot, right? Saying, maybe we're on the hallway here. He'll use up all of his ammunition on the students and then we can go and get him. Are you fucking serious? And then you had that guy who was looking at his Punisher wallpaper and like, look, he was on Zedge looking for Punisher wallpapers and shit. Like, come on, come on. But how many of those police do you think are now out there? They're the overwhelming majority of the police. That's why I'm the ACAB guy. That's why I'm the defund the guy on the right. I don't support police. I don't like police. Police will come in and fucking kill you and your dog 
for using your First Amendment to defend your Second Amendment. That's what you got left. That's something that drives me up a fucking tree at any of these events I go to. He goes, you know, being a, a precinct delegate, I, I, I sometimes I do speaking events, pancake breakfasts, stuff like that. And cops show up, and the amount of just immediate praise for that blue line it drives me up a fucking tree. For me, that blue line doesn't exist. It just doesn't. If I uh, if I call the cops, it's for one or two things. One, you know, I'm pulling up, and there's like, a, oh look, hey, there's this fucking there's some bikes here. Because you know what happens? You call them up, like, hey, I found some bikes side of the road. Here's the road. You come back in thirty days. You got yourself some free bicycles. And then it's legally yours. You don't have to worry about being stopped and people telling you, like, oh, hey, this is stolen property and you're not in trouble for it. Bam. And the other one is like, I don't know. I'm sure there's another situation where I might have to call the cops. I'm just not thinking of it right now. I don't know. Sidearm is kind of the answer to everything that I can think of. But let's move on, shall we? Trump is just surrounding them. Not only is he making bad campaign choices and shilling NFTs, again, he sold those NFTs and he made himself like what, like a million and a half bucks in 24 hours. Hey, man, that's just campaign funding, I guess. But why Lindsey Graham? Why Pompeo? Why is Trump continuously surrounding himself with these swamp creatures? And these are ones that he's called out before. He's called them rhinos. He's bashed these people before, and he still surrounds himself with them. Let's get into that article real quick. This is the last article for this upload. Trump to be joined by South Carolina's Lindsey Graham and Henry McMaster. McMaster? At his first 2024 campaign event. Let's see, is this it? Nope, that's not it. Let me do a little refresh here. Make sure this video has a... I don't think this video has anything to do with the article, so let's continue. Trump in South Carolina January 26th for its first campaign event since launching his 2024 presidential run. Uh, technically, yes, but I mean, has he ever not been running for president? He never stopped doing rallies. He still does big Trump speaking events. He does his, he's like on a year long tour every year. Like, this dude's going to be doing these fucking big speaking events on the day he dies. This article is by Paul uh, Steinhauser with Fox News. Published January 17th, 2023. Sorry, I got something in my eye. Former President Trump's campaign announced Tuesday that the former president will head to South Carolina Saturday, January 28th, to hold his first public campaign for his recently launched 2024 White House run, Trump's campaign highlighted that the former president will be joined by the crucial early voting states Republican Governor Henry McMaster and Senator Lindsey the Pussy Wet Bitch Graham. Sorry, sorry. Uh, not sorry, actually. As he unveils his South Carolina leadership team in an event at a state capitol building in Columbia. Shouldn't be okay at the state capitol building. All right. Trump's campaign last week confirmed to Fox News that the event in South Carolina, which holds the third uh, the third contest in the GOP's presidential nomination calendar, but hadn't provided specific details. What if while Lindsey Graham is staying next to me, just turns around and goes, "Look at this fucking pussy. 
He looks like the weird candy gumball vendor at the fucking uh, Life of Flapjack show. Anybody watch that? The Wonderful Misadventures of Flapjack. He looks like the fucking bartender, doesn't he? Uh, look at him. Uh, he's gross. Nasty. Uh, he just starts, just starts laying into him on stage. Just turns it into a roast. I have it on my Rumble somewhere. There's a video of uh, of me filming. It was a uh, Trump had a press summit on DC, and I went to it. And homie just immediately starts stand up, stand up, making jokes. And it's not like this big one. It was some. Uh, he was supposed to be giving, like, a press conference, and it was, oh, what the fuck is that? It was over by that World War II memorial, and all he did was just sit there and make jokes for, like, 30, 40 minutes, and then he just got in his car and peaced out. He just, like, made fun and mocked how people on, on the news looked. All right, it's funny. It's on my fucking feet somewhere, but when I merged my YouTube channel and my Rumble together, so much shit got shuffled around there. You can go find it if you want to watch it. I'm not digging that up. Let's continue. The event will mark a more public phase of the Trump's bid to regain the White House and his first campaign-style event since declaring his candidacy. With a speech in mid-November at his Mar-a-Lago club in Palm Beach, Florida, additionally, it comes as the former president has faced criticism over his campaign launch and controversial comments and actions. The actions the past two months? controversial uh there's a word missing there shouldn't it be he came under fire you know launch and controversial uh let's see president has faced criticism over his campaign launch and controversial comments and actions okay no i'm just literate a rival and vocal critic of trump during the 2016 nominee and 2020 not uh candidacy as well lindsey graham was is, is like basically a never trumper I don't know how the fuck people get conned by him. He looks like Ellen DeGeneres. If Ellen DeGeneres had top surgery and was on HRT for a couple months. Look at him. He's fucking disgusting. He looks like if Ellen DeGeneres had a sex change operation and it just went wrong. Just wrong. Ah, look at him. He looks like how they draw Lois Griffin's dad on the show. Ah. I'm, I think I'm way funnier than I am, and I'm completely happy with it. But let's continue. 2016 Republican nomination race. Graham quickly became one of the former president's closest allies in the Senate. Uh, while he hasn't officially endorsed Trump, Trump for 2024 nomination, he has said the former president, quote, will be hard to beat in a primary race. McMaster, who has one of Trump's earliest backers in 2016, has long been a major supporter of the former president. Trump's trip to South Carolina comes as two of the state's leading Republicans are mulling the White House runs of their own. Sorry. Uh, Former two-term governor Nikki Haley, dead in the water, who served as ambassador to the United Nations during the Trump administration, has said she's considering a potential campaign and... She's made nervous, uh, numerous visits to Iowa and New Hampshire. Free state New Hampshire, good luck there. The two states that kicked off the GOP nomination calendar. So has Senator Tom, uh, Tom, Tim Scott. Tim Scott might get it. I don't think he's going to win 2024, but like down the road he could get it. So has Senator Tim Scott, a rising star in the party and the only black Republican in the Senate 
whom pundits view as another potential Republican presidential contender. I just not for twenty twenty four, but twenty twenty eight and so on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, watch him and um. I'm just throwing that out there as a joke, but watch it comes through because I whispered it to the cosmos. Him and uh, DeSantis run together or some shit. Make the establishment look nice again. Uh, Senator, uh, senior Trump campaign advisor Chris uh, Lukavity told Fox News last week, quote, the, tr- uh, the campaign's been very deliberate and methodical building out an, op- building out an, op- an operation that can sustain a long-term effort and also being mindful of the fact that it is a long-term effort. Quote, the campaign is not about making news every single day. It's about getting the job done and putting the campaign in the best position to succeed. Part of getting that job is expanding the operation both nationally and in the early voting presidential nomination states. A source in the Trump campaign told Fox News, quote, early voting states teams, uh, early voting state teams are being built out and leadership teams are being built out. That sounds like ha- uh, bar- uh, ballot harvesting. Based. Based. Get so good at their game, they want to make it illegal. Additionally, a Republican in, the New, ha- in New Hampshire, who is part of Trump's wider orbit, told Fox News the campaign, quote, starting to put a machine together. It's starting to put the machine together. It's ramping up and decision-making time. We'll see. We'll see. Stephen Chung a veteran of the 2016 and 2020 Trump campaigns who is serving as spokesman of the 2024 campaign. And I've some longevity there. Very few people from the 2016 campaign stuck around. Emphasized that, quote, the focus of what, we're do- of what we've been doing is to build out an operation that's second to none. And a lot of it, a lot of that isn't necessary, necessarily public-facing, but it's what's required. Are they building a big-ass ballot harvesting machine? I swear to God, that's what they're doing. Oh, I got an episode about Kanye coming up today, too. In recent weeks, the Trump campaign has also launched a series of policies, initiatives, and statements through video rollouts. Quote, The campaign is putting out substantive policy from the president in video format. It's not been done on this level before. Uh, Okay. Well, start uploading a lot more of your videos to YouTube. And I've said this before. I think the NFT thing, and this is just probably because I'm a content creator and, I, and I've done this before. You know, you go to upload a video. You, you mean to have it set to, to premiere hours later in the day and then you just don't. And it rolls out before it's supposed to. And then the video that was supposed to come up before it goes out after it. That can happen. That's happened to me with content a lot. Over the years, like a random upload at two p at two a.m. and I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, that was supposed to be my two p.m. upload. Oh well. I think what happened is Trump's big video announcing the anti uh, anti tech laws that or anti tech regulations he wanted to bring in was supposed to go up before his NFT announcement, but something got dropped in the NFT videos. An announcement went up before his actual big important campaign announcement. I think that was just genuinely bad timing. That's the vibe I got from it, but again, I'm coming from a person who uploads content's perspective. You know? In recent weeks, the Trump campaign has also already read that part. Uh, the campaign is putting out a policy. And two weeks ago, the campaign launched its official website, although 
It came with a little fanfare. More than two years after his 2020 election, well, the websites were never the big draw. In uh, 16, they were, because he had a lot of goofy shit in the shop, including the uh, gay, the pride MAGA hat. That was kind of funny. Uh, and two weeks again, more than two uh, years after the 2020 election defeat at the hands of President Biden, Trump remains the most influential politician and ferocious fundraiser in the Republican Party. Until recently, he was the clear and overwhelming frontrunner in the early 2024 GOP uh, presidential nomination. Pulse still is, as far as I know. Every Harvard-Harris poll shows him mopping the fucking floor. I'll leave a link in the description below, but Harvard-Harris uh, Harvard polls have done like five or six of these over the course of the last month and a half, and... Trump just keeps coming out on top, on top, and on top of all these. DeSantis is actually falling behind Trump, but they're still mopping the floor with every single Democrat candidate put forward, including Gavin Newsom. So, I mean, I, maybe something's changed, but I just looked, and it doesn't seem like anything's changed. But we'll see. We'll see. However, his latest campaign launch was considered anything but spectacular. Trump's candidacy kickoff event was criticized not only by Democrats, but also by fellow Republicans. Some in Trump's political orbit told Fox News the early announcement was intended to be part, uh, in part to clear the field of potential rivals to help the former president avoid growing net of legal, enga uh, legal entanglements, but it appeared to have failed on both accounts. I don't know. A lot of people who were queuing up to run for president in 2024 immediately dropped out and said, oh, I'm not running anymore. Because Trump got involved. So, I, I, again, but here's the thing. Fox News and CNN are owned by the same people. Keep that in mind. Trump also appears to be the victim of a self-inflicted wound from his heavily criticized dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Okay, this is an interesting story. At Mar-a-Lago over the Thanksgiving holiday with rapper Ye, formerly known as Kanye West. And White House and white nationalist and Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes. Again... Uh, I don't. Nick Fuentes isn't actually a white supremacist, to my understanding, but Holocaust denier seems to be on brand. I'm, I'm a little familiar with Nick Fuentes. I don't watch America First. I don't follow much of his content. I will. He'll pop up, and it'll be something very humorous that he's doing, something kind of funny, and I, I just kind of enjoy the unique flavor he brings to the political atmosphere. We need more wild cards out there. I admit, people like Nick Fuentes in 2016 really made my or uh, Nick Nick Fuentes and Milianopolis really made the 2016 political uh, Gavin Gavin McGinnis too, man. All these people, big uh, people I was following in 2016. Pretty much everyone from 2016 has uh, turned out to be a little bit weaker than we thought they were. However. Self-inflicted, huh? Well, we'll get into that. Known as Kanye West and white nationalist and Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes to uh, a widely panned social media post that appeared to suggest the termination of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, but there never was. This ethereal post never existed. Find it. Go fucking find it for me. Find me the post. I have looked for it. It does not exist. There was no post or tweet or truth made by Trump calling about a suspension of the Constitution. Yeah. What he did say was along the lines of, let's read it together, shall we? 
And perhaps this isn't the one they're talking about. This is the one that always came up. This is the one with the most spread. Let's read it together. So, with the revelations of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, this, mind you, following like the 8th or ninth of the Twitter files that came out, companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you, uh, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or... Do you have a new election? Question mark. That's a question, not a statement, a question. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders, I do, uh, I, I question why founders are in uh, quotations. Now, I'm open for the conversation that the founders were pieces of shit. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to agree with you. There's going to be a lot of man, man other time arguments for me on that one. I think Thomas Jefferson is probably the best of all of them. But uh, I'm curious about why the founders thing is in, in quotations. I, I find that humorous. Uh, our great founders did not want and could not condone false and fraudulent elections. Where was the call to suspend the Constitution outright? Where is it? I'm not saying outright we're on the, the tweet or the truth here. I'm asking you outright. Where do you see it? He said, Our, in the past, we wouldn't have allowed this. This is what the results of these actions completely allow. And here's the thing. All that following him calling attention to the fact that we now know for fact, but here's the thing, I'll get into this too. Trump was also part of that machine telling Twitter to suspend and censor people. We know for a fact because of the Twitter files that the Trump White House was working with Twitter to suspend and, and silence accounts that were critical of Trump and the pandemic. Sorry. Trump's not your anti-pandemic guy that you think he is. But there is no claim here, no call to suspend the Constitution. That's like if uh, we're talking, I'm like, you know, looking around, man, seeing the country the way it is, man, the fine fathers would have been fucking stacking bodies by now. But I don't know. Guess we're not cut that way anymore. He'll be like, James just called for all-out insurrection and rioting. It's like, no, I didn't. I just said back in the day that they probably would have started shooting back then. I didn't say shit about they should do it now. He didn't say shit about them doing it now. He didn't say anything about terminating or suspending the Constitution. Cope post. Cope post on it, bro. But let's wrap up this article, shall we? Oh, yeah, and with the dinner thing. <laughs> uh... Trump had invited... Kanye talked about this on TimCast. This is like one of the only things actually cleared up on TimCast. Kanye was invited to the dinner uh, about like nine months beforehand, but it got postponed and delayed and kept getting rescheduled. And then Kanye invited Milo because Kanye was allowed to bring a plus one. My, uh, Kanye invited Milo Yiannopoulos. Kanye West is a regular at Mar-a-Lago. He's in and out. Secret Service knows him, so on and so forth. I'm not saying that's an excuse for why they let their guards down on this one. Now, Miley completely without any uh, permission or whatever, invited Nick Fuentes. Kanye said, oh, that's cool. Bring Nick Fuentes. And then they went to that dinner together. Trump did not invite Yiannopoulos. Trump did not invite Fuentes. Kanye invited those two to the dinner and brought them with him. Now, how he got them past Secret Service, I have no fucking clue. I cannot imagine how you get a plus one, let alone a plus two with the president. But there was a lot of people at this party. It wasn't just Trump, Milo, and Kanye. 
it was Trump, Milo, Kanye, and like 45 other fucking people. So, and uh, it seems like from the offset that that was a setup purposely from Kanye to try and like, because Milo said, I want to get revenge. People call Milo Yiannopoulos a grifter. I don't think he's a grifter. You don't, grifters don't advertise what they're doing. Milo said, I want revenge for what the Republicans did to me. I stuck my neck on the line and I lost everything for them in 2016. And he did. He really did. He lost his money. He lost his trust fund. His fucking family basically disowned him. He almost became destitute. And then he was ousted from Breitbart. Milanopoulos genuinely got fucked over by the Republican Party. Now, he also did fuck himself over too because, you know, going to the gym and making fun of people. On top of that, uh, it was really funny. Is the thing they destroyed Milo for wasn't even that. They destroyed him because he told a story about him. He told a story about him getting molested as a kid, and saying, "You know, I'm happy this happened to me when I was an older kid and not a younger kid because if I was a younger kid, I wouldn't know how to process it. But since I was an older kid, I was able to understand what happened a little bit quicker." And everyone said, "Milanopoulos just just fucking said that it's okay to do this to kids." I'm like, "No, no, he didn't. Go ahead, go watch the interview. That's not what he said. He said I, I'm happy. This, you know, I'm not happy it happened to me, but I'm happy it happened to me when I was older because now you know." Uh, it was easier for me to process it because I, I could figure out what was happening a little bit quicker. I was a kid. I wouldn't understand what was happening until way later. And that's what got him fucking canceled and banned and removed from all these platforms. Wild. Wild. But okay, Fox News, whatever you say. He also had a profitable uh, profitable but mocked rollout of digital trading cards portraying Trump as a superhero and his controversial abortion comments earlier this month. Yeah, Trump is a moderate. He was a Democrat for the majority of his life. Shocker. He's pro-choice. Duh. Trump's a moderate. I don't... I don't know what y'all fucking... He was never going to be your constitutional savior. And I said that even in 2020 as I voted for him. I was like, you know, he's not going to do that right. But alright. And his controversial abortion comments earlier this month received pushback from some social conservatives in the party's base. Trump also faced plenty of incoming fire over the midterm election losses of the GOP nominee, uh, handpicked and supported by the former president, which was a contributing factor to that. No, it was not. To the fact, uh, it just was not factor to the lackluster results of the Republican uh, to the Republicans in November, in what many had hoped would be a red wave year. Okay, that's actively fake news, Fox. So let's see what happened. So Trump endorsed 225 people across this country for office. 19 lost. So out of 225, only 19 people didn't get in. Ron DeSantis had a higher margin of people lose their elections with his endorsement. Great, he only uh, Ron DeSantis only endorsed like 80 people, but of that 80, like 45 of them lost. So percentage wise. Over half of his guys lost. Meanwhile, most of almost all of Trump's guys, like ninety percent of the Trump endorsements, won. Interesting. And something that really fucked it up is, for example, you had two races. We'll just use Alaska as an example, where no matter what election you looked at, governor, speaker, or governor, House representatives, Congress, whatever, it was Republican versus Republican. And Mitch McConnell put a bulk, a overwhelming majority of the campaign funds into races where it was strong Republican outcome, likely, 
Like, he put countless millions of dollars. He put, like, oh, God, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I have the numbers offhand. But he put a, a, a predominant chunk of the money in Florida, a election that was already in the bag before it even began, and in Alaska, where it was Republican versus Republican. No, the misappropriation of funds and the leadership at the top is what costs the Republican Party the red wave in 2024, uh, 2023, uh, two. I'm completely retarded. That year is popped and I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I don't know if you can fully blame Trump for it. Now, Lindsey Graham coming out and saying, I'm going to do a national ban on abortions with that big ass grin on his face. He knew what he was doing. He knew he was sabotaging. That's where your issue lies within the swamp. The very swamp Trump appears to be ready to take the stage with in the coming week. But until then, I'm going to wrap this episode up here and get to record the next episode. This has been Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Masson, and I will continue making podcasts great again.